Uh, everybody, uh, boys and girls, inner children of all ages, welcome to the Mental Health Comedy Podcast. I'm Ed Krasnick, my partner, Jennifer Kalari. I have had too much coffee and, and trail mix, eating trail mix just before you do a podcast. I think it's written in the Ten Commandments of thou shalt not eat trail mix before putting a mic in front of yourself. But, but I break the rules. I'm a rule breaker. I'm a uh, I'm a picker. I'm a grinner. I'm a lover. I'm a sinner. I'll just keep doing song lyrics for the rest of the show. Okay, so on today's show, I this is a great thing for me because uh, I've always respected this person. I've always loved her creativity and as a person. But we've we haven't talked that much. We have little conversations. And now today we get to have a bigger one. Mary Lynn Rice Cub is here. Such a great actress. And very ta- multi, multi-talented. Uh, and every time I watch Little Miss Sunshine, I get very excited <laughs> because I feel like I'm meeting her all over again. So Mary Lynn Ricegub, okay, we'll be here in just a minute. Jennifer Kalari coming up in just a minute. I want to shout out to, to people who are doing really good things in the world. I, I don't do that um, because I don't like them. But yeah. I want to start out to, to, to just highlighting a couple things. One is the movie The Prom. This movie on Netflix, this Ryan Murphy movie, which doesn't need my endorsement, (laughs) but I will say I was really moved. It's very rare to be watching a musical that has such big production numbers and actually be moved emotionally. And I have to say there's a there's there are some moments in this thing. I if you haven't seen it, check it out. There's just great acting in it and some great some great moments that are surprisingly moving or. It could just be that I'm very heightened emotionally and I'll cry at the drop of a hat. So I don't know, but you do it and then write us back and tell us. Uh, Look for us on Facebook and and Instagram and write us back and tell us, am I crazy or is is the prom really good emotionally? Um, And then the other thing is uh, an organization called Squirrel News, like a squirrel news. And what they do is they highlight not only good news, but solution-based news. So people who are doing good things all over the world, good things are happening that we never hear about. And they're actually helping people. And people have figured out creative ways to solve problems. And one of the things that they highlight is, as the pandemic threatens Britain's mental health, fishermen fight back. And there's a charity called The Bearded Fisherman. And it has begun a nightly suicide prevention patrol around the town in England looking for people in crisis. These are people who themselves have experienced a severe depression. So, I mean, I've never heard about this. um, And and I love it. I just love it. Uh, So look for squirrelnews.net, squirrelnews.net, solution-oriented uh, positive news. I love it. Uh, I want to tell you because it's the holidays, there, there are so many gifts that you can get. And this is because it's mental health comedy, uh, we're, we're going to do mental health gifts. And a couple of the new things that are out there, I don't know if you've heard about this, but Lift You Dent. Lift You Dent is a product that whitens your teeth while brightening your outlook. It's a serotonin infused toothpaste. It's available in Spearmint Celexa, Zabaglione Zoloft, and Pumpkin Chip Prozac. I can't wait 
to use LiftUvent. Um, the other one that I like is an app called Lamita. Lamita is a limit setter generator. It's it's ways. It's very good for people who have a problem saying no in their lives. Lamita says that it's still better than saying yes because you can't say no. Use Lamita, uh, which is a limit set limit setter generator. You get handy phrases like "I can't make it Saturday because I'll be in a coma." I can't help you right now because I'm landing a plane. Lamita gives you these things that you can say because Lamita says it's always okay to say yes to saying no. And Optimistical, this is a comfortable, fashionable hat that you can wear that stimulates your neocortex and lifts you into a higher state in the privacy of your own living room. Programmed with the greatest gurus of our time, you can meditate in a rainforest virtually with Thich Nhat Hanh, you can listen to Rumi in a meadow, or you can have a piping hot bowl of oatmeal with Mother Teresa. Optimistical lets you experience your highest purpose while still sitting in your underwear. Optimistical. And Usurfa. Usurfa allows you to surf your emotions. It's a gaming system that allows you to shoot the curl of depression while paddling through your anxiety. You know, when they talk about emotions, a lot of the time we talk about surfing. So Usurfa is a, a handheld uh, gaming system which allows you to, like Dance Dance Revolution for your emotions, you can dance your way and surf your way through your feelings with Usurfa. Okay, I'm not going to do any more of these. I could do it all day, but I'm not going to do it. Um, so, so, okay, so... So Marilyn Rice kept coming right up. Jennifer Kalari, uh, I have to talk to you about something here. Sure. Now, I want to talk to you about what happens. I experienced something recently where uh, I felt a lot of hurt. I'm not, I'm not good with hurt because I'm pretty thin-skinned. I'm, I'm very uh, sensitive because I don't give myself a lot of kindness uh, or enough kindness, or I'm used to not giving myself a lot of kindness. So when somebody says something critical, or uh, I take it really hard. Right. Um, so, so I had something happen recently where I tried some of the things that we talk about. Mm-hmm. I actually, when I felt the sense of searing hurt burning through my chest, um, I actually sat down and I said, I made a commitment to myself that I wasn't going to go against myself. Mm-hmm. That I wasn't going to take it on. And then I started um, sort of just thinking of better thoughts, Mm -hmm. of good things that made me feel better in the moment. And then I started reaching for higher thoughts, better thoughts. Um, And then I closed my eyes and I imagined sitting across from the person who mentioned these things and actually wanting her to feel better. Hmm. And imagining that she was feeling better so mm-hmm. that she didn't have to say things like this. Um, and you know what? It may, I felt a lot better. Good. Um, so tell me about like, you know, um, holiday hurts. Like mm-hmm. if you're experiencing these kinds of things, what kind of, what kind of things can you actually practice? And is there, are there, is there stuff that you can practice so that this becomes easier for you? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, Ed, that's amazing that you did that because you really took action, right? So, so often we just kind of wallow and then we think about all the other things terrible people, you know, people have said to us and we kind of go down that road and ruminate and relive it and talk about it in our heads for hours, which really just tells the body you're still in it, 
right? The, the, the midbrain can't tell whether you're imagining something, reliving something, or actually experiencing something. So you're constantly just keeping yourself in that moment over and over and over again. So what you did was you pulled yourself out of the moment. You tried to think about something neutral. And right there, you changed your biochemistry. What you started to think about in your mind was something else, which means you were literally able to switch the station and change your, your neurobiology in that moment, which is great. You also kind of looked at the other person, anyone who's being nasty, anyone who's not being nice. First of all, it usually means so much more about them, actually, than it does about us in that moment. Um, you know, my favorite phrase, and I, maybe somebody on this call knows who said it, but hurt people hurt people, right? And that's the truth. When you, when you hurt someone, you're not in a good space. You're in pain, right? So someone who's being nasty, someone who's angry, if you can step back and just say, I'm sorry, and don't say this out loud because you'll upset them. But in your mind, you say, I'm sorry, you're in so much pain. You must be in so much pain. And, and this is why you're responding this way. It's the only thing you could think of to do. And that kind of takes you out of the moment. The other thing I would add, which, which I think can be really helpful and I use, is when you really get upset about something, before you try to make yourself feel better even, just sit in it for a second and just be like, okay, this is what human beings feel when they deeply care about another person and they actually you know, have a, a, a deep relationship. There's moments like this that happen. And if I, you know, if I didn't care at all, it wouldn't have offended me. This is what it feels like to be in pain. This is what it feels like to have your feelings hurt. Just sit in it for a second and then take the wheel and start uh, thinking about something positive. But let me add another thing, Ed, which I think can be really helpful. A lot. So basically whenever someone insults us and it hurts us, they've, that's a pain point, you know, follow the pain, right? Follow the money, follow the pain. There's something in there that we either secretly do believe about ourselves or think it's true on some level. So if, if somebody said something about you that you know is absolutely not true, it wouldn't bother you, right? You wouldn't even think about right. it again. It wouldn't bother you at all. So if it's something that you know, they're pushing a button. And if it's somebody who knows you well, they, we know each other's buttons. Um, it's just kind of knowing that there's work to be done still there you know, taking some time and looking at what is that pain telling you? Pain is information. What's it, what, what are you denying yourself in life or what are you not addressing or what are you continuously making excuses for that you're not actually paying attention to that's coming up? And that takes you immediately from being a victim to being a student, which is a completely different power situation. Okay. What is this? What do I need to learn here? What's my lesson? What's my information? How can I take this thing that someone said and learn from it. And that immediately takes you in a different position. And then one more quick strategy. Um, you, you said at the beginning that you're not very nice to yourself sometimes, and most of us aren't. Um, and I want you to think of like your sense of self, your self-esteem, like a bank account. And for many of us, it's way in, in the, in the negative. And so if once in a while somebody gives you a compliment or you give yourself a compliment, if the balance of that, you know, of a bank account is like minus 20,000 and you put $5 in, what difference is it going to make? You're still way in the negative. It's, you're not going to feel it. It's not going to make any difference. Who cares? It's not going to, it's not going to register. So what I want you to think about doing, and I do this and I recommend that people do this all the time is make a lot of deposits all the time in your own bank account congratulate yourself all day long. You know what? That was really nice of me. I didn't have to do that. I, I put that dish away and it wasn't even mine, or I held that door open for someone I didn't have to, or anything you can find throughout the day, literally like congratulate yourself for. That was nice of me. 
that was really good of me. That was a nice thing for me to do. That was a good thought that I just had. That was a moment of kindness. And you're making these little deposits. So over and over again, you're building your banking. You do this for a few weeks. You won't even feel it in the beginning. Your self-esteem won't change that much in the beginning, but you keep making these deposits, making these deposits, and eventually you'll get to zero. And then eventually when you start making these deposits, it's actually going, going to go in the positive and you're actually going to feel better about yourself. You're actually going to believe yourself. And this is how you start to change self-esteem. Well, I'll tell you something. Those are all those are all great things and things that we don't automatically think of. You've been looking at my bank account, which I don't know about that. But I, but I, but I also, I, you know, Jennifer, there's going to become a time when mental health is going to be looked at as a practice, like yeah. we talk about on the show a lot. Mm-hmm. And Hallmark shoebox greetings will be coming out with cards like "Follow the Pain, Happy Easter," <laughs> and you're going to see the resurrection of the human spirit. I'm telling you, this is when it's going. This is how it's all going to happen. Now. I really appreciate those those things. And if you want to find out more, connectedparenting.com, connectedparenting.com, more skills, Jennifer skills, um, programs, classes, all kinds of things to practice resilience in your life. Sure. So connectedparenting.com. Hello, this is Maria Bamford, and you're listening to the Mental Health Comedy Podcast with Ed Krasnick and Jennifer Kalari. Enjoy. Uh, and I want to welcome our guest because she's been patiently waiting since 1947. This person, I, again, wildly creative on many levels, terrific actress, terrific comedian, musician, uh, mom, uh, all kinds of things. Mary Lynn Rice Cub. Mary Lynn, are you still alive? I guess Hello. is my first question. I've been enjoying. It's real, uh, some good stuff there. First of all, uh, you know, when I ask somebody what they're working on on this show, I'm talking about your life. Like, what what's going on uh, with you? What is um, happening and where are you at? It's the holidays. It's a heightened time. Um, you're balancing all kinds of things. You're a parent. You're, you're, you have many different things that you're doing creatively. Uh, but emotionally, where are you, where are you at? And how do you, how do you take care of yourself these days? You know, I'm trying to make some deposits into that yeah. bank, <laughs> self-esteem. I get a little distracted, yeah. you know, sometimes I wander off, have some anger. I got, I, I've been enjoying my anger. I was listening to you talk about waiting for it to dissipate. One of my things that I've been using in life and my comedy, of course, is, uh, I'm into my anger. I, I just taped a pandemic special in my garage live at the pandemic with like no audience, but yeah. one of the sections, and do you like how I'm like, have to talk about like my comedy? I can't just talk about like my personal life because it, <laughs> it's okay. it is the same thing. It is the same yeah. thing. Sure. Uh, but something that you touched upon in the intro as well, two things, one where I, I'm making friends with my anger and I'm realizing in quarantine that I don't need the outside world to trigger it, that it's just its own ecosystem. It just bubbles up all on its own. (laughs) And in the middle of the night, I'll wake up and I've made friends with her and I've named her Linda Finkelstein and we talk (laughs) (laughs) and we make plans and we have some business, you know, some business ideas. So my anger is creative. <laughs> Linda and I actually invented a dish. I'll keep going. I'll, I'll, I'll round it out. Yeah, we invented a. Do I it. just I just woke up enraged that I'm doing dishes six times a day. So we invented a dish that you can 
clean as you're eating off of it. <laughs> oh, and then of course, this. for like two yeah, minutes, I talk about how that's a bad idea and it would fall apart on the sharks, shark tank. And it just, I didn't really, I didn't really think it through. It just sounded fun, oh, you know, but then I you're just rinsing the plate into your own mouth and you're just a human uh, dishwasher. Uh, anyway. And then another thing this is interesting. I mean, it is a comedy bit, but it also is true. And it relates mm-hmm. to what you guys were just talking about, like to confront or not to, this is maybe pure avoidance, but like my, I, I have another bit where it's just a mislead where I say like, I don't want to go on walks with my neighbor anymore, but true story. So I'm like, and I build it up. Like, so when you come through my back gate, which she does not anymore really, but I've just been avoiding it. And she knocks on my inner sliding glass door and is like calling my name, but like looking into my house. And in real life, I was over here with my producing partner and I was just like, Oh God, like I can hear her moving the trash can that I've put there specifically. So she can't open the gate. And I looked at my friend that we were working and I was like, Oh I can't like rather than speak to her and go like, you know what? I can't talk right now. I just, we both like uh, hopped up into the upstairs bedroom and like in the comedy bit, I'm hiding in my closet. So it's supposed to be like the next time you do that, I'm just going to tell you. But instead it's like the next time you do that, I will be in my closet hiding and waiting for you (laughs) to go away. And I will wait in my own closet for as long as it takes. But yeah, I did that in real life where I was afraid she'd go around to the front door and see us. So I was like, let's just go upstairs because I don't want to talk to her. Oh, that is so beautiful. There's so many great things that you just mentioned, but the self-cleaning dish, I think, is really... That is uh, something that you market. That's something that's, that's a line of greeting cards around it. The hiding and giving yourself permission, you know, and, and saying, I'm not, I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to confront you from my closet. Will not. It's fantastic. Oh, well, let me just say the beginning of that is like the going on walks with her. And this is real life stuff as well. The going on walks in the comedy bit, I'm, which she really said, she goes, you're going to have a friend for life in me. And it's like, I don't want a friend for life. You want that from me. You're projecting that onto me. But when I go on walks with her, I can't, this is a habit, but it's a personality trait and it has pros and cons. I will let the other person hang themselves on their own rope, but more often than not, I'll let her talk. And so she thinks I'm just, you know what I mean? She's like, so can you, we'll, we'll just walk tomorrow. And she thinks, we're friends, but I just stood there listening, but I have a whole other dialogue going on in my head. You know what I mean? Like she's a Trump supporter. She's like talking about the 99 cent store. She's talking about her water bottle holder. And I'm in my own head going, God, this is going to be great material, but I'm not engaging with her. I'm not being forthcoming. I'm not being honest. I just let the other person do their thing anyway. On so many levels, that is fantastic. And you bring up a, a really a key, you know, a, a big a big issue for a lot of people, I think, and, and for me for sure, is that there's something going on in your own head that you're not saying. 
Yes. And, and that is a big one. And that's where a lot of comedy comes from. So there's a benefit to some of it, but it's not a way to live because you end up being in your closet uh, inventing dishes. But here's the thing. We, we, we can tie this into anger here. Like you can see where it comes okay. from, right? So Linda, okay. Linda Finkelstein. Linda Finkelstein. <laughs> here's what happens. We, we touched on this in one of our other episodes. There's such a difference between being nice and being kind. Oh, tell her that right? I love like, this. Say this, say this so again. Nice is like, oh, I don't want to tell her. She's got her face pressed up against my sliding glass door. Like, go away. I don't want to be your friend for life. I don't even want to be your friend. Right? So that feels awful. So, you know, you hide upstairs. But but that feeling of knowing deep down, that's your home. You sh- That's not okay. Right? right? Boundaries. Go away. And then what happens is you end up feeling resentful. And this is not just you. This is all of us. Hey, let me interject because I see where you're going with this yeah. and I get it and I love it. But my issue, this one is an extreme version, yeah. right? I'm hiding in the closet. She's not. But what about all the time when I'm me and I'm not sure how I'm feeling and I'm like, well, maybe. The truth is we we all kind of suck at this. And this is, let me, so I'll do nice versus kind. And then I'll tell you how to pay attention. There's like a little meter inside where you can actually tune in and we're just terrible. We don't usually pay attention to it or we don't know that's what it is. Kindness actually doesn't look like kindness sometimes. Kindness might actually be, you know what? I appreciate that you love walking with me. I'm really sorry, but I'm just not interested. Thank you, right? Because you're not really being nice by pretending to be, none of us, when we we say yes to things we don't really mean and then deep down we really resent it. It's not even that fair to the person who's thinking that it's real, right? Right. That's why kindness sometimes doesn't seem kind, but it is kind. It's kind to her because you don't really want to be her friend. And it's kind to you because you don't want this woman moving your garbage can and staring in the back of your house every day, right? (laughs) So that's one thing. And then two is our feelings are like a GPS system. They talk to us all the time, but we ignore them most of the time. We try to make them go away or, you know, buy something or drink something or smoke something so we don't feel it. But when you think about her, I bet you right now you can feel like this little feeling in your stomach, right? This little like, ugh, right? Yeah, but I would say I tend to be like, oh, it's not that bad. And I could go every once in a while and she probably needs somebody. And okay. it's, it's okay. funny for me to be well, exposed to different kinds of people. Right. So it's like the modulation of it and... The boundary of it. If you once in a while go, because that is kind, because she's struggling, she doesn't have anyone to, and once in a while you go for a walk with her, that's kind. That's okay. But going yeah. every day with her, it's not okay. Not okay for you, not okay for her, right? So when we learn to pay attention to that feeling, so somebody asks us to do a big, huge favor for them or something, we really don't want to, and we're really too tired, and we... We just really, we think we should, but we don't want to. There's a feeling that goes with that. Right. And when you pay attention to that feeling and you honor that feeling and you say, look, I'd, you know, I'm really sorry. I'd love to help you out with that, but I can't. I'm just really busy. I've got a lot on the go. You know, I'm sorry. Then we're being um, kind to ourselves and to them. And what happens is if you keep doing stuff, I don't mean you, all of us, if we keep doing stuff that we don't want to do all the time, it builds up right? It builds up and it builds up and it builds up. And then it comes out at times when we don't actually want it to come out or mean for it to come out. And anger is not a bad thing. Like you, you need some healthy aggression. You do. Sometimes you are being kind by getting angry even, 
But but knowing that those two things are related are really, really important. And you really should not be hiding in your own house. No. That's not okay. It's kind of funny, though. <laughs> it is funny. It is really funny. You know, I want to take yeah. that idea and, t- and turn a corner into she. Okay, she's an extreme version. But who acts like that? I'm not going to go knock on someone's door, like, ever, even if I know the person. But that's a problem, too. And now I'm like, a, a broader stroke of this is if I look at my life, these types of people who are like, I'm going to be your best friend for life because I seem like open and sort of an easy mark. Right. But if I look at myself, probably these quiet people who are, are not even looking at me are going to be better friends for me, but I don't go out of my way to talk to them. I wait right. for like the people who are they're overly aggressive or they're in some sort of a need or they're in like this performative state. So <laughs> right. I mean, it, it's tricky because how do you it then it is tricky. put yourself out there to have interactions and, and my guess, and I'm going to, I'm going to guess this and I'm not a licensed professional by the way, so I can't be sued. <laughs> Let me say that off the top of my head, but I, but I, you know, I would say Jennifer, could, you know, what do you think? I mean, it, to, to be able to say no, a kind no, yeah, then it opens up the world for these other people who are meant to come in. Because there's a lot of energy that goes into going Mm. against what you really want. That's true, Ed. I think that's really important. And and it really comes down to boundaries, right? And and how that neighbor got that way is probably a bunch of other people were trying to be nice too, right? Yeah, nobody said anything. Right. No one said, what are you doing? Like, get out of my backyard, right? So, and you don't have to say it like that. But so, so the difficulty is we teach people how to treat us. That's the truth. Whether yeah. it's a neighbor annoying us or our, or our spouse or our partner or our kids, we teach people how to treat us. And when we're aligned with our, without sounding really corny, but our, what we know is our highest good, what mm. is best for us, anytime we veer away from that, we're teaching people, oh, yeah, just walk on. I don't mean it. Like, I'll say no, but I don't really mean it. Yeah. Sure, I'll do something when you don't want me to do something. Kids are really good at figuring this out, right? Yeah. So the truth is you really kind of have to be your own best friend in these situations and you have to trust. And then I think Ed's right. When you do that friendship, different kinds of friendships will present themselves to you. And you're also presenting something to them. Yeah. About who you are and how you see yourself and you'll attract different. This is not just you, by the way, this is all of us. We'll attract different people. Cause that's kind of impressive. Like I'm always secret. Cause I'm horrible at all these things I'm saying we should do. I'll just be honest. Okay. I really, <laughs> I practice and I try, but really I'm horrible, but I'm always secretly in awe of someone who can do that. There's a part of me going, Whoa, that's so awesome. Right. Think about it. It's quite a skill. Yeah. I don't even know if I know what that looks like. Just somebody who's attractive and, well, well, you're you're you see, Mary Lynn, Jennifer, Mary Lynn. I'm going to talk about her like she's not here, but she is here. You, she is wildly creative, has an incredible imagination. So maybe you can speak to imagination and how to use that as a mental health tool. Right. Well, it's interesting because so when I work with kids and I work with adults too around all of this stuff, and it's really kind of like mental health coaching and resilience coaching. A lot of the work we do is in the head, inside your head first, Mm. right? So literally as simple as this sounds, start picturing yourself 
with different kinds of people or start picturing the neighbor not showing up at your door anymore. Like just actually start to see it differently. And what's so interesting about this is the midbrain can't tell the difference between something that's real and something that's imagined, something that's a memory and something that's happening. So if you start imagining that you can do this, imagine having this conversation with the neighbor or someone else who asks you to do something you don't want to do, or you're telling your kids, you know what? I love you too much to do that for you. I love you enough to say no. And actually imagine yourself doing it, imagining it going well, and then imagining yourself going, wow, I'm really proud of myself. That I feel so much better that I did that. Do that for a little while first. And then what's so interesting is the brain won't be able to know, won't be able to tell the difference whether you've done it or not. It thinks now you've done it a bunch of times. It's no longer a new thing that could go wrong. And suddenly you're able to do it. Whoa. Mm-hmm. That's pretty trippy. It's pretty trippy. Yeah. We're in our heads anyway, right? Think about it. We're in our heads all the time anyway. So what if we were in our heads in like a quality way? Thinking quality thoughts that actually can help us and change our circumstances. Reaching for better thoughts. You know, the the energy that it takes to be, you know, to, to go against your own voices, the energy it takes to say yes when you mean no, the energy it takes to not say something and have this dialogue going on in your head is tremendous. Mm-hmm. There is so much energy in that. Mm. It's amazing. And it ties us up. And at the end, we think, you know, I mean, I do this every day and it ties me up. And I think, I think, why am I so tired? Or what, you know, or, or how come I'm not doing this? Or how come I'm not doing that? And I'm not trying to beat myself up by saying that you're doing tremendous gymnastics. It's so much easier to just say, I had somebody say to me about the podcast, I was like calling her and, and she gave me like the greatest (laughs) <laughs> like I can't do this right now uh, statement that I actually wrote her back. And I said, I'm thrilled what you said to me because of the way she said, because she was so honest and so kind, but also being kind to herself in the same time See? by admitting to what she couldn't and couldn't do. It's so impressive. Yeah. And I'm saying it to Mary Lynn, I'm saying, because I rarely, if ever do it, Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I carry around this, I'm doing five plays in my head while yeah. I'm trying to make eggs. And it's like, I don't need to do that. Like I could just be making eggs one day. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah. I have a yeah, little, I'm, I have a, I'm just simply one with the eggs. I have a <laughs> little thing right now, but I guess all the little things could also be big things. Two emails. The second one, she says, well, I guess I had your wrong email because I didn't respond. And it's a request for a charity, a short video. And I'm telling, I'm back and forth with myself because I'm going, just make a 30 second video, but I don't want to, I don't really know their event. I'm disconnected from it. It's from my hometown. I did a thing years ago and it took me a long time to do it. And it was very awkward and they played it at their gala but like, I wasn't physically there. You know what I mean? And the way she wrote it is like, oh, you can just, it could just be a minute. It's like a pandemic story. And I'm arguing with myself because I'm like, just do it for them. It'll be really nice. It's not hard for you to do. But then there's a sticking point of like, I mean, I guess this is part of decision-making. Is it a big deal for me to do or is it not? Do I really want to do it? Do I really not want to do it? I mean, my instinct was like seeing it in my inbox and being like, ugh. No, 
Right. But, you know, conversely, I will say, and I don't know how you, you have to sift through these things. Sometimes I make myself do things that I actually do want to do. Right. Stand up is a great example. I will forever be like, oh, and then once I do it, I feel so much better. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm meant to be doing that or whatever it is, you know, right. where I am uh, scared approaching it. I think this one is different because I think this is just like a potential obligation that's of something that I'm not really connected to. Or am I just being stingy and I need to just give of myself for right. them because it's not a big deal for me and it's could be nice for them. Yeah. This is part of the messiness of being human. Like nothing is ever clean and clear, but one of the things that I use whenever I'm making decision is if, if I'm about to make, if, if somebody asks me to do something and the thought of doing it makes me feel weaker and heavy and like a little sick, and you're kind of describing that, that will usually mean for me, I don't really want to do it. If the thought of doing it actually gives me energy and makes me feel a little stronger, then it's usually the right decision. Right. You can't, okay. you can't always tell. And then you always have to ask yourself, like, am I, am I making this decision based on love or fear? Am I saying no to this person? Cause I love myself and I don't actually feel like doing it. And I'm too busy and I have too much on my plate. And I don't know if, the ha- if that's going to be such a good thing for me, or am I basing that on fear, you know, fear that it's going to go wrong or that, you know, I don't know that I'm going to resent it later or I, you know, I have too much to do. You know, sometimes I mean, it's so clear when you say it like that, but yeah. I'm going jumping back into my own head and going, well, it's not that big of a deal for me to do. Like you, you get into this like wishy-washy yeah. area. And this is why it's a skill. Ed and I say this all the time. This is a practice. We are not raised to pay attention to our bodies, to our feelings. We're raised to ignore them or discount them or pretend mm-hmm. they're not happening. And especially as women push them aside, right? Because other people need us. So we really haven't been, we're not raised in a culture where paying attention to your intuition and your gut feeling about things is honored or, or trained or valued. It is, but it's true. Think about it. So if we actually start to pay attention to that ourselves and really start saying, okay, what's my body telling me? I teach my kids this. And when I work with parents and I have them working with their kids, I have this, this is a very important point, um, part of parenting. It's like getting your children to tune into what does your body tell you? Does that make you feel weak or does that make you so, feel stronger? Do you feel like you're being nice or do you feel like you're being kind? And, and over time, you hone in on those skills and you get better and better at it. So maybe in the beginning, it's kind of fuzzy and you have 50,000 arguments in your head. But the minute our dialogue, the minute the inner dialogue starts playing, we've already tuned out from the feeling. Right. We, instead of paying attention uh, to our gut, we're now paying attention to our head. So that's why you want to bring it down into the center. And really the f- answer is usually in your chest or in your stomach, honestly. Oh. Right. So just start paying attention to that. And sometimes you'll get it right. Sometimes you get it wrong, but over time, just being aware of it, just incorporating this into, a, you know, as a new strategy to approach life, you'll get better and better and better at it. And then, you know, it's, it's interesting. I, I, I had a, Years ago, when I was training to be a therapist, this is a very long time ago now, I was a student in this agency. I was an intern in this agency. And there's another girl there who was doing really well. She was, you know, doing exceptional jobs. She'd had a similar placement, um, 
so she was kind of a year ahead of me and just doing really well. And the way that we, I don't know if it's done this way anymore, but when you're training to be a therapist, you sit in this room behind like a, a one way mirror. It's so horrifying. Whoa, it's awful. <laughs> and so you're in this room with the family doing this whole like family history. And then there could be like 25 people behind the one way mirror, the psychiatrist, the psychologist, all the other students, all the other um, social workers, and everyone's critiquing this family and also how the therapist is doing. It was such a nightmare. I couldn't sleep for weeks before having one of these. So this girl was really good at this. She had already been doing it for a while. And I remember going back into our student office and I was, I'm not usually like this. So I hate telling the story, but I can't remember what I said to her, but it was something kind of catty, like something, I just was so jealous that I said something. I don't remember what it was, but it was sort of disguised as a, you know, constructive criticism, but it actually wasn't very nice. And I will never forget her response. It was unbelievable. She looked at me kind of with this look. She didn't, it wasn't like a huge overdone look. It was just this subtle, like, oh, you poor thing, being all jealous and upset. Like, it was just this subtle kind of look on her face. Whoa. And she said to me, you know, I don't need you to like or dislike my work, right? <laughs> and, Whoa. and I felt like... I can't even describe what I felt, but like the equal parts, what an idiot. I'm so mad at myself. And that's the coolest thing anyone's ever said in front of me. Yeah. Right? Like, and I remember yeah. that moment and I use that teaching actually, when I teach kids how to stand up for themselves, when they get bullied and picked on how to find that strong inner place. And that's kind of what I shoot for. I'm still working on it. I hope people listening today will try to work on it because it gives you this internal strength where you really kind of have your own back. Does that make sense? Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. Wow. I think Linda Finkelstein has a lot to say about that. <laughs> she might visit less often. You know, she's still fine. You still want her around, but she's not so, you know, our anger is fueled by how many times we sort of betray ourselves and end up doing things against our own will or with resentment. And that just builds up. Yeah, I wonder if I'm in a stage right now where I'm using the anger because I was thinking about this with a more serious thing that I got into with my son, who's 12. And it was mostly my end. I was just reacting to something that he did and I'm standing down in the kitchen, not near him. But like the anger part of it was important because it it was information about how I really felt. And thank God I didn't act too much out of that. I mean, I had a bit of a probably bigger reaction than I needed to, but the outcome ultimately was positive. Yeah. But yeah, in that moment I was like, okay, uh, you will be making your own breakfast and lunch. I will, uh, I will make a dinner for you. I will not be speaking to you. And, um, if you want to try to get a job, you know, and if you don't do well in school, you will not get to go to this school anymore. And, you know, just on and on in my head yeah. of like all these very severe oh, consequences. We've, we've all had moments like that as a parent, though, where you're inside, there's a voice going, just stop, stop now, enough, <laughs> you can't, right? Parenting is so hard. Yeah. You know, the other thing I'll tell you is it could be tied into other things because anger is like that. It's, it's self-preservatory. And it's usually like an underground river. But listen, parenting in itself can be so frustrating sometimes. I'm sorry. Did you just say anger is self-preservatory and like an underground river? <laughs> oh, okay. So self it, anger loves you. Okay. It's not a bad thing. I mean, it is if it's out of control and you're like nasty. Underground and, river of anger. Yeah. Yes. So what happens is you feel that anger and it kind of gets stored underneath somewhere. And if you don't deal with it, it's still there. So when you dip your toe in, 
because your kid said, I don't like what you made me for lunch. You're kind of dipping into everything you've ever been angry about in your whole life. And it comes Big river. Yeah. And it's like, whoa, mom, I just big old rolling river. So Yeah, rolling on the river. So that's why like being aware of that is really important. But the the other thing too I want you to understand is we all snap and lose it from time to time. And if you're the relationship is really strong and there's good connection, your kids know that your kids get mad at you too. Um mm-hmm. and the truth is if you raised your children and never got mad, you'll mess them up anyway. Because yeah. someone's going to yell at them at work and they're going to be like, what is happening? Like, it's okay. You can get mad and you can repair and you can recover and then you're fine. And I was thinking about something that you guys were talking about during the intro that flashed in my mind about the more you care about something. And I was like, yeah. God, that's a lot of pressure because I'm over here going, I want you to have a good life. I want you to be. And it's like, stop. You know what I mean? Like, let me. Yeah live my life because they can feel that too that you are just like yeah i love you and i want you to it's like all right but you know what else they're watching us our kids are watching us and if we're constantly thinking more about them than we are about ourselves right yes. and we're constantly parenting from a place of fear instead of love what are we teaching them live your whole lives and put other people ahead of you you're actually yeah. sending a really good message by saying you know i love you enough to not do that for you that's how much yeah. I actually love you because I know you can do it and I'm exhausted. So you do it. Now, now if you do it from a place of, you know what, do it yourself and you start screaming, then that's a different story and that may require a repair later. But in this yeah. very loving kind of strong way, it's okay. And it ended up being kind of a nice transition because he, because I was going in there to wake him up and I was like, wow. Part of me is because I'm still holding on to that, like, baby times. And we just moved. And I went through a divorce, like, a year ago. And I was at an Airbnb. It's a lot of transition. So I, you know, the mommy and me was like, I'm going to go in your room and, like, see you. But, like, he doesn't need that. Yeah. And he doesn't. So now it's like I just get up and I'm like, oh, my God, it's, like, 11. And I haven't even seen him yet. Right. And I said, okay, guess what? You can keep your phone in your room because it's your alarm now and bye-bye have a good morning i'm not going to come in here and like serve you right because part of that was like i wanted to you know and like i think he wants that he wants to eat but he it was that those moments of like getting in his space when he doesn't need it especially like during core you know it's hard to have your independence. Well, that's right. And at that age, they're trying to figure out who they are separate from us. And we're, there's usually a lag. Like as parents, we lag behind where our kids are. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I'm good. <laughs> right? So the truth sure. is he needs some independence to it, but you, 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 can, you can keep that connection in other amazing ways. But usually at 12 or 13, when you come to wake them up, you, you get like a what? Get yeah. Out. Leave me alone. Exactly. <laughs> <Normally>. <laughs> right. So, and it's, it's, it's developmental for sure, but parenting is so hard. It's so triggering. It's, it's so difficult. <laughs> Mom, stop triggering. I am Linda Finkelstein <laughs> when it comes to parenting. But the other thing is too, it's, I keep forgetting this, and this is true of stand up. This is true of comedy, that it's not what you say, mm-hmm. it's how you are, mm-hmm. how yeah. you are. We're back. Yeah, back. We're talking about stand up. <laughs> but that's really yeah, what it is. True. It's like I couldn't figure this out. Like, 
Right, right, right. You're like, but I did it right in my head. I wrote it correctly. It's the perfect construction. But I was scared. But Uh, I was scared. I I wasn't comfortable. I wasn't being myself a lot of times. So I, so the audience was like, oh, here's a, here's a Jew who's scared. (laughs) Yeah. Here's another scared Jew. I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. Here's some great jokes. So it just doesn't work that way. And it's the same with like parenting. So many times I'll be like, I have to do this. I have to say this. I have to do this. And like half the stuff that I'm doing, I don't have to do. And what I'm broadcasting Mm. is I'm exhausted and I'm scared and I'm not taking care yeah. of myself. And so I need to change the the, the station, mm-hmm. you know, and give myself a little bit more time on the, you know, uh, on the Linda Finkelstein, Ed Krasnick <laughs> network. Um, a good woman. Which is a whole, a good woman. Whole, whole different network. A good woman. <laughs> a good woman. So now before we before we wrap up here, so what are we going to do about the this charity back uh, back home? I think I'm going to say no. And I think I, I, I okay. might actually apologize for not getting back to her. And then, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to have to use some of that direct. You know, I can hear it in you. That's what you want to do. And you'll see once you've done it, you're going to feel relief. There's going to be this, I feel good. I honored myself. I did the right thing for myself in that moment. And they did the right thing by asking, right? That's right. okay for them to ask like crazy and try to get it. That, that's okay. That's fine for them but you don't have to do it. And that's how you honor yourself. And I'm imagining in my mind that they're going to find the right thing for them and that their event will go off pretty well and it'll be great. And so you just imagine, imagine that now I'll, you know, and then I'll go back into yelling (laughs) at everybody, but that'll be, I plan it at 12 o'clock. That'll happen. But from now until 12, I'm going to do the other thing. Now, are you going to hit the coffee in the trail mix like another round or... (laughs) Oh, no. The coffee in the trail mix is in a beer hat. It's a hat that has two canisters coming down. I don't operate it. It's not my responsibility. That's, it's been pre-programmed. It's coming down. Listen, if I'm in a beach movie, it's called How to Stuff a Wild Emotion. That's what I do. Uh, <laughs> that's who I am. Uh, but but at any rate, I can't. Listen, we're gonna, we got to do round two of this. So we're going to do another time. But we won't. We won't, uh, we'll give you a little space. We won't, we won't pounce on you, but I'm so glad to talk to you. It's such a pleasure. I always love talking to you and we'll do it more often. Samesies. So happy to talk to both of you. That was so fun. Thank, Thank you. you so much. That was awesome. I think it's going to help a lot of people. This is some, th- these are things people grapple with all the time. Yeah. It's real, it's real yeah. shit, man. Yeah. yeah. And put the, you know, on your windows where the neighbor is knocking on the door on the glass window, just black it out. Yeah. You know, just put some blackout tape, you know, put some black, like, like lighting, you know, like you're shooting a a special in your house and you're just putting some black, you know, some, some black, uh, 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 what do you, whatever you call it. Gaffer's I magic. I thought you were going to say right on the window, F you. <laughs> That's another skill, and we're going to cover that on the next Fantastic. show. So, all right. Well, Marilyn Rice Cub, listen, happy holidays. Take good care. Best to you and your and your son, and um, we'll be talking again soon. I hope and and Jennifer Kalari, thank you as always. And I love the story about uh, about the behind the mirror because I know all about the, the the therapy training, all about the MFCC, everything that they do. I've been on both sides of that mirror, and let me tell you something: I don't want to be no. anywhere near it. Keep listening to the show, everybody. We'll be back next week. 
Take care of yourselves. You can find us everywhere that you get your podcasts, or you can go to Make Light Media, M-A-K-E-L-I-G-H-T, one word, makelightmedia.com. Keep coming back at Works If You Work It. For Jennifer Kalari and Mary Lynn Rice, I'm Ed Krasnick. See you soon. Bye.